Hi guys, welcome back to We Should Talk, a pop culture interview series from In the Know. I'm your host, Gibson Johns, and today on the podcast we have Cody Rigsby, who is a superstar Peloton instructor, he was on Dancing with the Stars, and now he is an author of the book XOXO Cody, which is out on September 12th. It's basically like a memoir with some advice and kind of dating guide elements sprinkled throughout, and it does such a good job of capturing Cody's energy, which is really kind of being an open book, injecting humor into everything. And, you know, he talks a lot about his difficult upbringing with a single mom, bouts of homelessness, growing up poor, his mom had addiction. And, you know, even throughout those really tough topics, he still finds ways to inject humor in a really authentic, kind of welcome way. And um, I just think that speaks to the energy that he puts out into the world and why people love him so much. You know, I'm not even, a, I don't have a Peloton, I'm not a Peloton person, but obviously I, knew who Cody was and, and well aware of him. But, you know, it was really great to get to know him both through this book and by interviewing him. And uh, we talked a lot about the book, where he draws the line and what he shares and what he doesn't, what it kind of keeps to himself. You know, going through, again, some of these more difficult chapters in the book, uh, his love for Britney Spears and sort of how that informed growing up in the closet and then ultimately coming out. You know, we had, we had a great conversation and um, I think you'll really enjoy listening to it, but also definitely check out XOXO Code. You can pre-order it now. It'll be out wherever your books on September 12th. So keep listening for my interview with Cody Rigsby. You can pre-order his book XOXO Cody now and please rate, review, and subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts. All right, so we're here with Cody Rigsby, a superstar Peloton instructor, and now an author of XOXO Cody, an opinionated homosexual's guide to self-love, relationships, and tactful pettiness. It's out September 12th. Cody, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I, I You know, you have to take a, a nice deep breath before yeah. you get to the subtitle, you know? 100%. So. And I almost, I almost had it memorized, but I wanted to get the tactful pettiness part correct, because that's very yeah. important. So I'm, I'm proud of you. You did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, I mean, we're in the final kind of countdown to having the book out. How are you? How are you feeling? Good. Um, you know, all all the feels are coming up. Nervous, excited, um, exhausted, tired. You know, um, also trying to soak in as much yeah. of summer that's left over. But I knew going into summer, I knew that I'd have to make a hard stop around this time to really focus on the book and the launch. But I'm excited about it, and I think it's. Um, People are going to love it. So does that mean that you're like putting in a little bit less time at the Pines house or are you just like doing, <laughs> doing, or are you just like having like a little bit more like, you know, wild fun out in the Pines? I, I okay. So fair. I am going out to the Pines this weekend. Um, and <laughs> I'm out there for almost like 10 days because the Peloton studio is closed and I'll be kind of trying to work remotely. So I've allocated that this weekend is like fun weekend okay. up, and then Labor Day weekend, which, you know, is going to be more busy. I'm going to have to have some discipline and restraint. And okay. Just, you know, I admire, I admire the the planning. It requires yeah, the, that. Will that plan happen? Listen, we, we shall say see. that's in God's <laughs> hands. You know, I, I only can do so much. Well, also, you just recently redid your house, your house up there, right? It looks amazing. The living room. Yeah. Yes, you know, all the houses out there are kind of old. I think that one's built in the 60s, so it has a really really old bones. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to kind of like throw some design elements mostly into the living room and like mat right. up and then throw some like art and design choices in all the bedrooms to make yeah, it art. Great. But anybody that owns a house knows that's like a con like constant keep up keep. It's never done. Yeah. It's never done. It's totally. never done. Yeah, yeah. All right, so XXO Cody, it's it's kind of part memoir, part 
kind of advice book part dating guide. Yes. I feel like it, it, it's mostly memoir, but there are a really fun kind of chapters with like some Q and A's yes. and things like that thrown in there. Why this format for the book, for your first book? Um, you know, I think a, um, I'm only 36 year old, years old. Okay. Young, that's the part where you say, oh my God, really? Um, and <laughs> I've hopefully got a lot of life to live and yes. I've got a lot of things to write, maybe another book about or share those experiences. So I thought it was good to like, yes, have that mem memoir aspect of it and share my life in a yeah. non-linear way, but also give the girls the greatest hits of what they came here for. They came for hot takes. They came for relationship advice. They came for nostalgic food content and pop culture content. So um, that's really why, why I chose this way of delivering 220 pages of Cody Rigsby. Yeah. And when did you when did you first recognize that people wanted more from you than just like instruction and and sort of encouragement dur during a ride during a Peloton ride like like obviously I know that in your rides you've always sprinkled in sort of bits and pieces about yourself and answer questions yeah. and things like that but when did you first recognize that that was something that people wanted from you yeah, I think most importantly, I think uh, even before the pandemic with Peloton, I was really trying to find the best version of myself yeah. and grow and be better and get a more market share of viewership. So I was really paying attention to my content and looking at it. And I would literally watch almost every Peloton class to see what I was doing and, and give my own feedback. But then I would take that and go online and be like, oh, the girls are really enjoying this or they're talking about this or they're sliding into my DM saying, I really enjoyed when you shared this story or, oh my God, I love that song too. And that really helped me make my decision on how to craft my content. And mm -hmm. I think when we think of fitness instructors, you think of people who are like super disciplined, super structured in your, like in your face in a really aggressive way. And it was scary to go against that and try something new without, without also making myself like taking away from my authority as a fitness instructor. Sure. That sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I took that feedback that I got from my content, uh, took a risk and dove into like the silliness, the playfulness. And as I continued to do that, more people responded, more people showed up, more people shared what they liked. And so I think that's really what crafted my like persona and approach to fitness. Yeah, totally. And then, but like, so, so here we hear a lot about your love life, your dating life and things like that. And I listened to a couple of the interviews you've done to remote this book so far. And like, I'm curious how you sort of approach what you choose to share and when, because like, you know, you've had that, you have this long relationship that you guys were on a six month break, then you, yeah. you get back together, but you don't share that for another kind of like six months or so, or something like that. Yeah. So just talk me through sort of how you approach that and sort of set up some of those boundaries for yourself. It's like, so where it's sort of like, okay, now I'm ready to share this or now I'm ready to, to no, be open about that. We are all in control of our own narrative and Absolutely. Who, we, who we bring in and who we tell our stories to. Ultimately, like I get to craft that. I get to yeah. curate that. Like I get to share that. I think for the things that are either personal to me or I'm still trying to figure out and don't have the best way of communicating it, I hold close to my heart and keep a little bit more secretive. And that says a lot about me because yeah. I'm really an open book and I talk about things very openly and honestly, the stupid, silly stuff, along with the super vulnerable stuff. So I think it's just, you know, keeping those things close to my heart and knowing when it's when it's right to talk about it. I mean, if you're specifically talking about my relationship. No, just in the, general, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah, totally. 
Um, so I think it's just like keeping those things close to my heart and knowing that we're all in control of, of what, what we tell people and who we invite in. And I think it's also, like you said, important to create boundaries. Not everyone needs to know everything about yeah, 100%. us. 100%. And um, I, I think most importantly, when it comes to my content, Peloton, social media, I always want people to have fun and be silly and not take life so seriously. So if I'm somewhat sometimes dealing with heavier stuff, I need to do that on my own. Sure. And then once I've worked through it, I know how to kind of laugh at it. And yeah. so I share it. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's, that's really indicative in the book when you talk about growing up in LA, moving to North Carolina, being mm -hmm. raised by a single mom who had who was struggling with some some addiction issues and yeah. and I mean you are very vulnerable in those chapters and it's really kind of amazing to to read and hear that part of your story but you also are always injecting it with like some humor and that's very yeah. you yeah talk to talk to me about like those parts in particular where it's like it's not just you not just about you but it's also about your mom and, and maybe other people in your life that you're that you're sharing information about life is a balance life is duality there's hard times there's serious things but there's also a lot of joy and laughter and so many things to like really just bring us bright spirits i think that a great way of knowing that you are over something have processed it have overcome it have really found your stride is when you can look back at it and it doesn't give you shame, it doesn't give you guilt. And instead you can find humor in it. And sometimes that's being like, wow, I was really going through it. And I can laugh at the fact that I was able to make it through it. Or I was really feeling crazy at that time, but look at me now, I'm past it. And that doesn't even phase me. That doesn't even affect me. So totally. I think I think laughing at things and finding the humor in it is a lot of strength. And it is that it allows us to remember that like, oh, I've made it through, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's something that people can take from, from your book, from XOXO. Yes. Is, 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 are, are there other things that you want people to pick out and really kind of take with them, you know, once they finish the, the book? You know, I think I have an inspiring story. Like I came from a from a, a lot of nothing. And, uh, you know, I faced homelessness. I dealt with the parents that uh, had addiction. I lost my father when I was really young. I grew up super poor. And somehow through all of that, I was able to not only like, uh, like find success, but like find my purpose and find a lot of joy and be able to bring that to a lot of other people. So I hope that they do it, feel inspired and feel that like if you know, they put enough effort into it and they work through things that they can also find the best version of themselves. And most importantly, to laugh at life, know that things are not that serious and to really just like find the joy in things. And so that really is what I hope people take away from it. And it's it's dedicated to Britney Spears, which uh, which immediately wrote me in because I'm also somebody who grew up as such like having an affinity for her and just being so yes. dedicated to her and you said that you you first kind of discovered her when they projected the baby one more time music video onto the wall of a yes. high school day or middle school dance middle something. school, middle school okay, dance first yeah. of all i kind of wish that i'd gone to whatever middle school you went to where they were projecting music videos onto the wall like yeah was that a thing they were doing yeah we would have we would have like middle school dances i think there was like one a quarter and it was like a DJ, you know, some like oh, like a visual DJ. I love it. Old, like forty year old man with <laughs> a, with a projector screen uh, behind him, and it would be like music videos. And I 
I remember like literally walking into the gymnasium and it was just like plastered. And I was like, whoa, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> also, another memory that comes up to me is like hearing Brandy and Monica's um, Boy is Mine. But, well, or, no, not the Boy is Mine. Sorry. Monica's uh, Angel of Mine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> in the same, same dance. And roaming the bleachers to find someone to slow dance with me and having to sit it out because no one. No, that is so devastating. I know, I know. (laughs) I mean, listen, very two huge touchstones of of late 90s pop culture. Yes, yes, yes. But, but, you know, I'm curious because I, I know what my sort of relationship was like with Britney and sort of how I think in retrospect, I sort of know why I glommed on to her and sort of why yeah. she was so special what was your relationship like after making that first discovery sort of with her as a fan and just sort of what she what did she sort of represent to you um and, and maybe still represent yeah I, I think that that era of music and like the dancing and the costumes and the like just all of it represented a side of me that I wanted to express that I didn't always have the opportunity to, or as I became older and, you know, was around a lot more like homophobia that I started to like hide, but it was always like something I like, I love just even saying like, you're a boy in the two thousands and saying like, you like Britney Spears, you're going to get made fun of. And so you shut that down. And so I think once I got to a place in my life, like in college, where I was able to like say that I liked Britney Spears and to listen to it and like uh, celebrate that, it became like a little bit of therapy to my inner child. And it was something that I wanted to express so much. So I think that's why it's why I have such an affinity for her and love that era of music, because it was something that I always wanted to express that I couldn't. Yeah, 100%. Very well said. So I have a lot of friends and family who became really intense Pelotoners during the pandemic. <laughs> and and every, I think it's I think it's really cool how everyone just sort of has their favorite instructor, or has their yeah. favorite classes. And it, it, people get so passionate about the very specific things within that within that world. And, yeah, you know, you're one of the people that blew up. Some of your other colleagues really blew up during the pandemic and just kind yeah. of reached a new a new level of of sort of fame and recognition. What were some of the conversations like around that time that you had or that you and your colleagues had where it was like, how do we like, like, what, how do we chart this path or sort of what kind of support can there be for us as because it's, it it was kind of new territory, I think, for, 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 for certain, in certain respects. Yeah, listen, I don't think, I don't think that we ever thought there's going to be a pandemic and this is all going to blow up. Right. I think that we've, I've been there for nine years. A lot of my colleagues have been there the same amount of time. A little bit less, a little bit more. And I before even the pandemic, I think that we saw this as an opportunity that could have the potential to mm-hmm. blow up, create these incredible careers for us. So I think we put in a lot of hard work knowing that that moment could happen. So when it did, I think a lot of us were ready to pounce Got and it. take on the things that we wanted to do. And I think what's like so beautiful and magical about a Peloton community, but about my colleagues is that we all take on these different lanes. We're all different people with different interests, with different strengths. And so there is a seat at the table for all of us and we can cheer each other on and know that like, have that sort of um, 
mindset that there's abundance that yeah. like, there's going to be something for us and so whenever I see my colleagues like thriving like I'm just like so so excited for them at the same time like it inspires me to to do the same like I think Tunde's book Tunde's book is back here somewhere amazing is back here somewhere so in a way they've been able to pave the way for me to take on these adventures and i hope that i have also inspired or paved the way for them to do them as well mm -hmm. so you really felt sort of once it was happening you're like okay i'm actually you actually felt really ready to for kind of this new path that you were this new kind of trajectory that you were i was on. ready i was ready to take it on yeah. doesn't mean i was necessarily ready for it sure sure it was still you know it was still a learning, a learning curve. And so much of our success happened in the bubble of a pandemic where we're working from home or doing interviews from home and everything is like this. Mm -hmm. So the past like year and a half, two years, like doing live TV, being on set, doing all these sort of things is, is brand new territory. So we've had to um, really tap into our strengths and, and make the best out of it and grow and learn and, you know, mm -hmm. be better as we go along. Are there things that sort of crossed your path or, or were offered to you or, or presented to you as potential opportunities that you didn't take on, that you didn't say yes to, that, that, that you're glad you didn't do or that, or that kind of felt right to not kind of go on that path or because I'm I'm sure there was at some point where there was sort of like okay an abundance of like okay which different direction do I want to go in yeah 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 I'm trying to think of some things trying to think of things and I know if I wasn't put on the spot I'd be like oh remember that <laughs> um, one that does come to my mind yeah. is that we were rebooting the biggest loser and I didn't know they did that. You watched that show. I've, I actually, there's a whole. But, but, I mean, I, I feel like I watched the first like probably four or five seasons back when I was like growing up. Yeah, but... and it's a little problematic now if you like. Watch oh yeah. It, ends of 2023, but I remember going into the casting and it was a call like this, and I had a great time with the with the casting agent, and she goes at the end of the interview, she goes okay, now it's time for my favorite part of the job. It's time for the body checks. She was like, take off your shirt and show me, show me what you got. I was like, no, I was like, what? no. It was like, that is so against what I stand for as a fitness instructor. Wow. And it's like what Peloton stands for. Like we're about like being the best version of yourself, finding strength, not about what you look like. And I absolutely knew in that moment that that opportunity wasn't for me, you know? Right. Totally. Wow. That's, I mean, yeah Sh shocking yeah. but not surprising in some ways but yeah 100 exactly. yeah totally well, that's interesting and then does I mean I don't want to answer the question for you but what so what sort of represents to you sort of uh the the, the kind of the pinnacle of what you've achieved so far or like the, the the thing that was sort of like okay I could never imagine before 2020 that this could have been an option for me I think growing up with having so little and knowing that my mom had a lot of anxiety over being able to provide for, and I'm sure she holds on, she's held on to some of the guilt that comes with like not being able to provide like other parents do. Right. I think the pinnacle of that, like the, the crystallization of my success and what gives me a lot of like peace and like happiness is really being able to provide for my mom and take away her worry of like having to take care of like I like to know that like I'm here I can take care of myself and I can take care of her um you know I say it in the book like we got to love our parents like they're dying because they are we don't know how much time that we have with our parents and so that just really feels good to be able to take care of someone that's taking care of me 
and give them a little bit of peace. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that chapter was really, I, I love that chapter. I thought right. it was really, it's something you don't really talk, that people don't really talk that much about when you're sort of, especially when you're at sort of around this age of like, yeah. um, recognizing things in your parents and things like that. Just yeah, generally. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 36. And I, I think for, for people my age, our parents are starting to get older, but they're not to a place where they can't necessarily take care of themselves. Sure. And I also feel like if you're like, I'm kind of faced with that, taking care of my, taking care of my mom in a way that I wasn't ready for. Um, there's no guidebook. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no like, how do you do this? And I don't have a lot of peers to like, be like, Hey, what did you do here? It's, it's right. all new territory that we all have to figure out. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, Cody, I feel like, <laughs> One thing that sort of comes to the territory of a, of a larger platform, like like you've been able to build for yourself, is hearing other people talk, like complain about somebody or, or point out some some negative thing. But I feel like whenever I hear about you or whenever I hear your name, it's always positive. And I think that that that, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I just feel like it speaks to sort of like the the energy that you've put that that you put out and and sort of want to receive back. But <laughs> do you ever get any sort of like troll comment or like complaint oh. or like, or, and like, what do those even say? Cause I just it, anecdotally, I have not experienced that when people talk about you. You know, I will say I, I'm fortunate that the majority of stuff is really positive, really supportive. And I love that, but the internet is the internet. You can do right. everything. You can do your best and someone's going to hate it. Someone's going to have an opinion about it. And they are they are entitled to it. I think it was particularly challenging during Dancing Those Stars because mm -hmm. that was such a draining process. I love that I did it, but it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And it, we were weeks and weeks into the competition. I just remember being so close to the finale. My dumbass like got on Twitter and was like, let me look up my name. Like, what are the girls saying? And there's just like, you know, there's just like mean stuff or yeah. that I'm, I don't, I'm not deserving or, you know, people are pissed off at Peloton because they're voting for me. And it, it, it was like hard to digest on top of everything else that I was doing. And I just remember that being really challenging, but I've learned my lesson. Don't, 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 look, up, yeah. don't look up on yourself on Twitter. Yeah. And, for anything that I spot now, I just remind myself that for that one person that's not nice, there's so many people that are in my corner and have shared so many stories about what I do that really touches them and has purpose and brings them joy. So, you know, the the, the negativity can get you for a second, but you got to you gotta pick yourself back up and you got to connect yeah. to the positive. 100%. I feel like that happening during Dance with the Stars really just speaks to like, the broadcast TV reach and just sort yeah, of like yeah. what that audience is. And you have this just like incredibly like sort of safe bubble of, of the Peloton audience that you've been able to build, which is just like yeah. a lot of people can't say that, you know, like like you can, you can always sort of just like retreat into that, which is honestly That's, such a special thing. Yeah. And I, I, I liken it to people that like, I don't know. I love when I can root for a, famous person or somebody in the spotlight like you love what they're doing you think it has impact and like you're rooting for them and so it it uh makes me feel really loved that there are people that feel that way about me 100 percent, yeah and is, is that is that what people say to you when they come up to you a lot of the time is like we're in your corner I, or like I think it's, no i i think that's something that's dear to my heart but i sure i think you know not the not even the so many of the people who might follow me or take my ride, sometimes they're moms or grandmas or yeah. dads. And it's almost as if I'm like their kid and they're <laughs> right, like, right. in a way, they're like 
proud of me. Like they're mm. like, I don't know you, but I'm like proud of you. And so that's that, so nice. That, that feels very, yeah, it feels very nice. That's really nice. All right. Well, Cody, I mean, we said at the top, like XOXO Cody comes out and two weeks almost basically two or three, two or three weeks yeah. yeah two or three weeks september september 12th september 12th are you are you ready for this lead up like what's what do you what how are you going to celebrate the actual release of the book what's what does this like kind of last sprint look like well i you know i'm like i said i'm going to take a little time off yeah. for the for, for labor day so i'm going to prep myself there and then it's like really jumping into the tour you know i want my book events to have impact to be fun to be silly you know um so i'm i'm making sure that that's there and making sure i have cute looks because if i don't feel cute obviously i'm not gonna feel cute come on and now just you know i was talking to tunde and she was like listen this only happens once like your first book or even just a book it only happens yeah. once. so even if you get lost in the chaos and it feels overwhelming like don't forget to enjoy it and savor it and recognize that it's a great accomplishment so i'm trying to make space for that to just like really savor it and enjoy it and i think once the two-week tour is over i'm gonna find a, a beach to lay on and like at absolutely least you deserve it to recover <laughs> and yeah myself to something nice you know love that for you absolutely you. well congratulations <laughs> on everything i'm really excited for you and i'm excited for everyone else to read the book because it, it's honestly it's great it's funny it's poignant oh, and there's a lot of good advice in there so thank yeah, you i appreciate it yeah well, thank you so much for yeah, having thanks me. so much yeah chat. of course Bye. Thanks for tuning in to We Should Talk. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find out more about In The Know at InTheKnow.com. You can follow me, Gibson John, at Gibsonoma on Twitter and Instagram. And you can listen to all of our interviews, past and future, by searching We Should Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Hope to see you next time.